Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State. Hey, what's up? Hello, guys. It is Justin Michael, and I am back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Joining me today, Eddie Herz of the Loveland Reporter Herald. Eddie had been on a couple of times in the fall. It's been a minute, but as you all know, if you follow CSU, Eddie's a great reporter. Definitely somebody you're going to want to follow if you're keeping up with the Rams. I like to brag about myself. I like to brag about what we're doing over at DNVR, but Eddie does a great job. Eddie, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. I know. It's been too long is how it's <laughs> been. Eddie and I right now, we're sitting in the basement of Canvas Stadium. It's an all-white room. It kind of feels like we're in a mental facility, if we're being honest. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the PC way to phrase that, so I do apologize if I said that in an offensive manner, but it's kind of creepy in here. It's, it is. It's white it's walls, bright lights. I don't know. I feel like they want us to go insane in here a little bit. But uh, we're waiting to hear from Steve Adazio. Today is the first day of spring practice, also senior day for CSU men's basketball. We are going to talk a little bit about the 2020 schedule, which came out a couple of days ago, and we're going to give just some final thoughts on senior day. Before we do, though, I'd need to recognize Bojo's Pizza, Colorado's own mountain pie. Right now, all you have to do is tell them DNVR sent you, and you can get a free honey cheesy bread with the purchase of any entree. That's right, free honey cheesy bread. You know, if you're like me, you might want to go on a date. You might want to impress the ladies. You're a little bit too cheap to pay for appetizers. This is perfect. You get it for free, save a few bucks, you know, impress your lady friend, your boyfriend, whoever you're taking to Bojo's. Does not matter. Get yourself that honey cheesy bread. Alrighty, folks. Like I said, we are going to give just our initial thoughts on this 2020 schedule. Obviously, a lot to happen before we end up playing real football this fall. Still have all of spring ball, still have Olive Fall Camp. That said, never too early to start thinking football. Just briefly, I'm going to run down the schedule here so that in case you missed it, you don't feel totally lost. Starting September 5th, going to host Colorado first uh, Rocky Mountain Showdown in Fort Collins in quite some time. Should be fun. Looking forward to it. Then we're going to hit the road September 12th at Oregon State before hosting Northern Colorado and then traveling to Vanderbilt. Interesting non-conference schedule Opening up the league play, you've got Fresno State at home on October 3rd before you host New Mexico the following week. A trip to UNLV on the 24th at the Raiders' new stadium should be tight. Got a Halloween border war at home on the 31st before going to San Diego State on November 7th and Air Force on the 14th. After hosting Utah State on November 21st, CSU will wrap up the regular season at Boise State on the 28th now. Don't worry, I know that was a lot of information. You're probably feeling a little bit lost. We're going to go over kind of each portion of the schedule, so we're going to slow things down here. Uh, Eddie, what jumps out to you 
when you look at this schedule? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you see this 2020 slate? Yeah, there's a couple of things. Uh, first off, from a fan's perspective, it looks pretty good for the first six uh, games are at home. So you get some warm weather in Fort Collins. Also a chance to maybe get over 500 early. Down the stretch will be difficult that last quarter of the schedule, you know, in San Diego, then in Air Force back to back. Come home to face Utah State, then in Boise. That's going to be tough. So you got to hope the first, what, seven, eight games before that, you can get a couple wins there. Yeah, and, and I'm going to focus on two things you brought up here. We'll, we'll talk about the end of the schedule after, but first let's let's start with non-conference mm-hmm. play. You know, you mentioned four of the first six at home, obviously going to benefit the Rams to jump out to a fast start, given that you're going to have to play so many of the games on the back end on the road. Mm-hmm. The games in the non-conference play that really stand out to me, I mean, you got Greeley at home, you're going to mark that down as a win. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we saw CSU lose to, and what was it, Western Illinois? Illinois State. They Illinois beat Western State last year. Illinois State. Yeah, two years lost ago. to Illinois yep. State. So you can't overlook anyone. But <laughs> UNC is a little different, but <laughs> we would hope. Yeah, we would hope. So we're gonna mark that one down as a win. We're gonna not really focus on that one. Although I am intrigued with Ed McCaffrey and everything mm-hmm. that's happening there, should be a fun game for sure. But to me, when you look at this non-conference play, the games that stand out in particular are at Oregon State and at Vanderbilt. Absolutely. You have to win one of those games. Yeah. You got to go one or two at least, right? For sure. I mean, if you do that, you guarantee you'll at least be two and two. Maybe they steal a win from CU, so that puts them at three and one. But yeah, you got to win one of those two, and I think that is doable. I mean, none of these teams they play non-conference were good last year. I think Oregon State was three and nine. Vanderbilt was five and seven. Then the big question is, we have no idea how CSU is going to be under a new regime. So a lot of question marks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just definitely going to be interesting. You know, a couple of years ago, I think back to that 2017 season where they had, you know, like CU and, and Alabama. So it's, it's not really a situation like that where you're playing the cream of the crop, but Vanderbilt, somewhat of a winnable game. You're going against Tennessee, or they lost to UNLV last year at home. That's going to give Ram fans at least a little bit of hope, right? And ultimately, you know, it's, it's Vanderbilt. It's, it's not like going into Tuscaloosa. It's not like facing Georgia or something like that. But if you could get, if you could get a road SEC win in your first season, if you're, you know, if you're a Dazio, that's, that's giving you a ton of momentum, especially, you know, like we said earlier, the, the end of conference play is going to be really brutal. So Mm -hmm. I think by that week four, week five stretch, we're really going to kind of have an idea of, you know, what is this CSU team capable of doing if they, they start the year one and three or something. Oh, and four. God, that would be awful. But mm-hmm. if they start the year one and three, you know, it, it's going to be pretty tough to make a bowl game. It's going to be hard to recover at that point. For sure. And I think Oregon State's just as important, not as flashy because not SEC, but that's even a worse team than Vanderbilt. Very winnable. If you win that, you're probably guaranteeing you're two and two. I mean, hey, maybe you sneak away with a win against Colorado, come back, win on the road in Oregon State. You're two and oh, and you're rolling, you know? You know, if they start the year two yeah. and oh, before UNC, you're 3-0. It's going to be real. Like, it's, it'll be one of those where it's like, we're going to have to warn people to like, all right, like, be excited. But just this, this, that final five-week stretch, That's beginning why, yeah. with Wyoming at home on October 31st, mm-hmm. is going to be so brutal. You got the Cowboys at home. You travel to San Diego State. And granted, we don't really know what to expect with the Aztecs this year. Uh, first year that Rocky Long is gone and Brady Hoke returned. I know Hoke had some success there before he went to Michigan and then, you know, all (laughs) that whole weird circle that ended up with him right back at San Diego State. So Mm -hmm. we'll see there, but it's a road game. They return a bunch of defensive talent. That one's brutal. It's always going to be tough to play at the academy. 
Utah State at home. They lost Jordan Love. We don't really know what to expect from the Aggies yet, but you know, you got to imagine it should at least be a difficult game. And then you end the year with Boise State. What is with CSU over the last couple of years and these final month stretches? I feel like every year the Rams open up non-conference play or the conference portion of the schedule. I feel like they open up the league play with like UNLV or like San Jose State or something like that and a couple of winnable games. It's like kind of a tease. Last year you had New Mexico and Fresno State and some Mm -hmm. of those teams. And then every year it's like the November from hell. I feel like they always end with Boise State too. The one, the overtime recently. one that was the last game of the season wasn't their last game against Boise State this most recent year too, or one of their last was. Yeah, uh, last year. Terrible game to end with, and they always have it for some reason. It's weird. Definitely gets harder down the stretch for them. I just wonder, like, how much of that is is random, or is it like maybe it's because CSU is like you know they're trying to schedule premier games. Part of it is just the Mountain Division is tougher than the yeah. West Division, and I think it seems like they try and get some of the Mountain Division games later, and then you play the West Coast games earlier. I don't know. It's I'm, I'm speaking ignorantly, though. but yeah, no, just no, no, no. as it's a weird. CSU fan, you know, it's, I feel like you're probably frustrated because like every year you look at the schedule and it's just like, what we got to play right. Wyoming, Air Force, and Boise State like within a four-week stretch every single year. And it's tough because especially with the new coach, you got to believe they're not going to get, you know, they're going to be good maybe, but they're going to get better down the stretch. They're going to improve. But you pair that with playing harder opponents, whereas, hey, maybe we're not as good early. We play someone tough. Then we get good and we have some easy games. But that's not really, that can't really happen with how their schedule is, you know? When you look at this schedule, Eddie, What's what's one game that jumps out to you as like a must win? I know, you know, mm-hmm. we looked at Oregon State, you looked at you look at Vanderbilt CU, we get it. You always want to win the Rocky Mountain Showdown. So we're we're gonna omit that one because it's that's too easy. You can't just say you gotta win the CU game. No duh. Yeah. I instead of one game, I would pick two. I like the back to back Fresno State New Mexico home games. I think, you know, assuming they do go two and two non conference. You, you need to win those games. You get to four wins before that tough stretch. Like we said, you have a chance of getting six or seven in a bowl game. If you can't win both of those home games, it's going to be very tough to reach the 500 mark. I think that's kind of the pivotal point of the season for them. I would agree with that. I think at that point, we're going to wreck, you know, you should have your offense established, you know, hopefully. We don't really know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. We will say that Steve Adazio told us today that he has been impressed with what he's seen out of Patrick O'Brien on a daily basis. It He didn't directly say this, but it almost kind of implied that Patrick has like outplayed expectations, I think, coming in. You know, like I said, I don't want to – it's day one of spring ball, so I don't think there's a lot that's going to happen. Yeah. They don't – you know, Todd Santeo is not even on campus yeah. yet. But it, it should be intriguing at least. I think Patrick can be good enough. I don't know. I think he'll improve. I don't think he's going to make this huge leap and be one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, but – if they do really run a run-oriented offense and that works and they throw a little bit less, but Patrick can be effective within that, I, I think he can do enough to win games is all I'm saying. He did last year at times. Well, and you've got arguably the best wide receiver in the conference coming back, one of the best wide receivers in the country. Right. <laughs> Actually, Today, uh, EJ Scott made it sure that we all knew Was that EJ Scott yeah, just yeah, how yeah. good <laughs> Warren Jackson is. Uh, photo bombed or video bombed however you want to call it the the tv interview with warren today and this is a a, i'm going a little bit off track here but warren did tell us that he wanted to set his mark and he wanted to come back for that senior season he talked about wanting to win a mountain west championship reach a quality bowl game talked about wanting to play a full season i think if you're a csu fan at this point 
that's what I'm most excited about is just mm-hmm. the talent that comes back. Sure, there are a ton of question marks. How are they going to put this all together? How are these new coaches going to figure it all out? But at the end of the day, you know, when you got guys like Warren, Dante Wright, Trey McBride. They're going to lead on McBride so much. A new coach, a good tight end, you can easily see that happening. It's going to work for them, too. Especially, like, an old-school, gritty guy like Adazio. Like, I could totally hit just, (laughs) that guy's a dude. Yeah, you can tell he just loves tight ends by how (laughs) he coaches. They're going to feed McBride, and it should work out for him. I mean, we saw at the end of the year last year how dominant he can be. I mean, he, he is a legitimately an NFL tight end. For sure. He, he moves well. He's deceptively a lot more athletic than people realize. Yeah. I think there were a couple times last year where he got the ball in the open field and you kind of saw that after catch ability. He's got bursts for sure. Yeah. And obviously a, a great run blocker, which we know Adazio wants to run the football. Mm-hmm. It's there just, there's so many moving parts, but given this schedule, given the talent returning, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Is CSU going bowling in Steve Adazio's first season. If so, why? If not, why? I think they make it. I think they make it at 6-6. Six and six. It's not going to be a pretty season, but I do think they're going to win that Fresno State-New Mexico stretch I mentioned. They're going to get two non-conference wins, and then what? That leaves... I'm just strictly basing this off the schedule because there are a lot of unknowns, but this is what I can see happening. I mean, what? You have four wins with six games remaining, UNLV on the road, Wyoming at home. You can easily get one of those, too. Maybe Utah State at home, Air Force on the road. I, it, it, it just looks like a six-win team to me by the schedule. Don't you qualify this with logic? <laughs> you know, <laughs> if people come after us because these predictions are trash, that's part of the game. But Eddie's, you know, he's spot on right here. I think, you yeah. know, five right around that 500 mark is fairly realistic. You know, maybe you, if you win a swing game or two, maybe you win seven, eight games, you lose one, maybe you go only win four or five. At this point, just from a PR standpoint and, and getting everybody excited, I do think you have to at least, if you, if you don't make a bowl game, you win the rivals, you have to win some rivalry For games. Sure. You just have to do something to get people interested in the program, yeah. get people in the seats again. For sure. Just because it's a rebuilding year doesn't mean there's an excuse for having no bright spots. You have to do something to get people excited. You're not going to go undefeated, but you have to instill hope, you know? Well, especially with the amount of talent. You know, this isn't a situation where it's like, we got to come in and completely overhaul the yeah. program from the ground up. Yeah. The foundation is is more or less there. Also, Adazio's best years at BC and Temple were like his first two years because he's good at utilizing the talent on the roster. So, I mean, there isn't really an excuse. He should at least be able to put a decent product on the field. I agree with that. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. What is the game you're most looking forward to this season, whether that's you know because of somebody on the other team, whether it's a destination you've never been to, something like that? What are... What's the game that stands out to you this year? I think CU at home, first off, first Rocky Mountain showdown in Fort Collins since like 96. And with all the stuff that's happened with both teams in the offseason, starting the year against each other, all the fan chatter. I mean, it's going to be fun to see. It's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be rowdy. I think it's going to be raucous. I actually got DM from Nate Chaney. Nate Chaney is a DNVR subscriber. Shout out to my guy. He, He wants CSU fans to start a Where's Mel Tucker chant <laughs> right at kickoff. It probably will happen. <laughs> and if they do this, you're just setting that tone, that rivalry <laughs> right off the bat. I hope CSU fans go uh, above and beyond when it comes to the pettiness this year. Look, the Buffs have dominated the rivalry, so they're going to throw that in your face either way. Yeah. You have absolutely nothing to lose You got to respond. <laughs> Bring up the pettiness. Yeah. I'm team petty. I'm Tom Petty when it comes to this situation. For sure. Even if, you know, I'm not sure that when it's all said and done, the buffs are going to be in a worse situation than CU is. I know 
Carl Doral. There are a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm not so sure about that hire. We'll see. I mean, mm-hmm. they were in a tough spot. That's why the game's fun. You, we just have no idea what's going to happen. It's a good point. <laughs> you know, I think it's as open as it's been in a while. Right. They have no idea what they're going to do at quarterback. You know, this this could be the Rams' year. It's it's at home. Yeah. You got Warren coming back. If you lose this one at home, though, it's going to sting. But this is the game you can sneak away with a victory because the Buffs are more in shambles than they have been. Like you said, they have nothing figured out. So this is the one you could see CSU stealing a win for sure. That's a good point. I, I The showdown definitely stands out at home. I'm really... Really excited to see it return to a college campus. I believe 09 was the last time it was in Boulder. CSU mm-hmm. actually won that game. Mm. Uh, go Rams, I guess. But, um, <laughs> well, it's been 11 years, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm definitely excited for it to be on campus. I'm really, really intrigued by the UNLV game. Mm. And, you know, the only reason is I don't know if you've ever been to UNLV's current football stadium, Sam Boyd. I've been outside it. I have not covered a game in it. I've, yeah, so I haven't been in it. It sucks. Mm. It's it's really terrible. It's probably the worst D one stadium like that I've ever been wise to. Or stadium wise, just stadium, man. It's it's old. It's ugly. There's just nothing endearing about it, to be honest. There's not much worse than Wyoming in terms of press boxes. That's like a bomb shelter up there, man. <laughs> <laughs> but like the Wyoming stadium itself is like actually kind of. It cool. is. It is. The press cool, situation not great. Mm-hmm. I mean UNLV like I'd say there's probably five or six high school stadiums I've been to that would. Interesting. That would blow it out of the water. So just to get to see that Raiders facility, I'm curious how many people show up because mm-hmm. it's always kind of awkward when you see like an NFL stadium, 80,000 seats, and there's like 15,000 people there. Right. So what kind of atmosphere is it like? It's obviously going to be cool. It, it looks like something out of Star Wars or something, mm-hmm. but I'm excited for that. And then, you know, the trip to, to Nashville, obviously, and Vanderbilt. I've never been to Nashville. Have you That'll been to be Tennessee? Fun. I have not. I've heard very good things about Nashville. I have some friends from there, so it should be a good time. Yeah, a good place to grab some beers. Speaking of beer, Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of <laughs> DNVR. You see how smooth that was, Eddie? It's I'm a, very a professional good over here. Man. <laughs> DNVR with the Breck Beer Locator. All you got to do, hop online. Type in exactly what you're looking for. Me, I might be looking for a six-pack of Colorado Core. I'm hopping on the Breck Beer Locator. It's going to tell me exactly where I can find it, the closest liquor store near me. This takes all of the inconvenience out of beer shopping. Eddie, I don't know about you, but there's nothing I feel more awkward on than when I'm at the liquor store and you're doing like the awkward pace up and down the aisle, mm. kind of staring at it like, oh, do I want Bud Light? You know, do I <laughs> just want... want someone to tell you what to get yeah. at that point? <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting rid of all of that. I know exactly what I want. I know exactly where I can get it. And Breck is making it so much easier. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. All right. We are actually going to wrap things up here. We had intended on talking about Senior Day with Hoops a little bit, but we actually got interrupted mid-recording to go out and do our football interviews, some of the stuff that we talked about, and now we are heading over to the basketball game, so we don't have time to talk about that one. Uh, we are going to wrap this up. Just We'll just make it a football-only episode. You know, There's going to be plenty of Hoops talk next week with the Mountain West Tournament. I'm getting out to Vegas on Wednesday. Eddie's getting out there Tuesday, I'm sure. I'll get him on at some point out there. You know, Eddie and I have have been covering CSU together kind of side by side now here for basically like four years straight. He did study abroad. So there was like a a brief time period where I was out by myself, but I just leaned on Colin Bernard during those days. It was all good. During the Larry turmoil, I missed all of it. Yeah, you missed all of the excitement, (laughs) to be honest. I really did. Like (laughs) Eddie, Eddie, his first season at the Collegian, we're at the Collegian together. We get to cover the Magnificent Seven. Mm -hmm. Eddie and I drive out to Vegas together. 
it was a total crap storm. First of all, let me tell you <laughs> what, they closed the highway cause it snowed, took us like 16 hours to get to Vegas. It was a long day, but then it ended up being completely worth it because of the tournament. They make a run at the mountain West championship game. They don't win it, but it ends up being fun. The following year, Eddie goes out of town. He's studying, doing his thing, getting to live it up. I'm breaking some news out here. Obviously everything happens with, with Larry and Steve Barnes. Eddie comes back and he's like, what the hell is going on? It's crazy. Larry's gone. Steve's gone. <laughs> Medved's here. It's a completely different situation. So now four years later, we're actually going to be out in Vegas together again. And it's, it's going to be a blast, I think. Mm -hmm. Eddie, what is your number one piece of advice to someone that's never been to Las Vegas? Somebody who's thinking, you know, maybe I want to experience a little bit of Sin City. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is gambling, and with that, you need to set a limit. Set a certain amount of money aside. Once you lose that, you stop. Because if you lose track, man, it's, it's going to be ugly. <laughs> so you're saying to, that you shouldn't try and ride it out and, and gamble yourself out of the hole? No, and, and I think the biggest problem is people start winning like at a blackjack table, so they keep betting, but you have to have no shame in sitting there for 30 minutes and going up $80 and leaving. But the thing is, if you're staying there an hour or two hours, there's no way... Vegas wins eventually. It's like sports Vegas betting. Vegas wins, so get out of there while yeah. you can. You might hit you might hit a couple of upsets. You might be feeling hot. <laughs> but the minute you get cocky, man, that's when Vegas bites you in the ass. Exactly. <laughs> I think my biggest thing is just drink water. Mm. You know, a couple of years the ago. The water's gross in Vegas. Though. It is gross. It's that's the problem. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you want to be environmentally conscious. You don't want to use these plastic water bottles. But then it's like, well, I can't drink this trash Nevada water. <laughs> I will say I feel very fortunate to live in a place like Fort Collins where you can drink tap water. I know not everyone does. I'm one of those people. That I'll drink it out of the garden hose. I don't give For a sure. crap. But <laughs> that's where I'm at. We are heading over to Moby. We're going to have plenty of basketball talk this week. Eddie, thanks for coming on. I know this was kind of a, a random episode, but I think it was fun. I think it was some good banter, good back yeah. and forth. Yeah, no worries. Had a good time. Word. We will be back. Peace. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly, primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like non. -friendly.